Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide and just getting ready to go to SHOT Show on Monday. It's Friday here right now, but uh, pre-SHOT stuff coming up. On the telephone, I have Sam and Kurt from Thunderbeast Arms, and they're going to be talking about a new product dropping at SHOT or the expansion of a previous product, I guess it should be that they're going to be announcing at SHOT Show. So anybody listening to this this weekend, heading to SHOT Monday, Tuesday, go by Thunder Beast and take a look. But uh, Sam and guys, how you guys doing? Good. Thanks for having me on again, Frank. I really uh, appreciate it. No problem. Um, so, yeah, just like you were saying, I just, you know, figured it'd be a good idea to give people, obviously we love using sniper sites for when we do data dumps and stuff like that. So it kind of goes hand in hand, especially um, the trove of knowledge on sniper side. So we figured we'd, you know, give people a head start on the new products we're releasing. Yeah, and I just, um, um, well, just not to jump in, but I just saw you guys down in Texas at the Precision Rifle Expo. And I actually got to shoot what we're going to be talking about here. So I, I've seen and shot what you guys are doing. So this is extension from the expo back in November, December, and now you're jumping forward into SHOT Show to release it to the public. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, we've been shooting that. The prototype that you had was we, we made a few of those in the spring, um, I think in April, and just been shooting them kind of all season just to get everything, you know, make sure that this product does fit and actually does work and that the data that we're seeing with recoil reduction matches what we're perceiving and feeling as we're shooting. Nice, nice. Yeah. And you and for guys guys who don't like I should probably do an intro. I mean, we we take it for granted everybody listening knows Thunderbeast Arms. Um it one of the top tier premier suppressor companies in the country. They're out of Wyoming, uh just north of me, not too far and and a lot of the guys actually live in Colorado and just drive up. Uh but absolutely uh, you're just line of suppressors it, it some of the best out there, heavy into the military right now. Um, heck, the last time I was at Seekins, there was like 500 of your 5-inch Ultras that were going overseas to a foreign government. And it was like, well, here's all the suppressors people can't find. Glenn Seekins has them. <laughs> yeah, that SP-10 rifle that Seekins makes with, the, with an Ultra 5 on the end is about the best intermediate semi-auto sniper platform you can get. It, it was amazing. Yeah, the, 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 the country was actually there. They were down in their, their tunnel, and they were, they were shooting away because they had to you know, put a few rounds through every one of them. And so, uh, yeah, I got to see that, and, and it's just amazing what you guys can do. We all run them. Uh, everybody, because they're right here in the backyard for mile high. But, yeah, going to SHOT Show on uh, – when do you guys leave? Are, are, do you have to go early or are you going, like, Monday like the rest of us? Uh, we go out in kind of two waves. So, typically, uh, Zach and Ray will drive the cans and guns and everything out. They'll leave tomorrow morning, so Saturday morning. Um, and then all the shop guys will all fly out Monday. Um, we get there Monday evening, so we're ready to go for the show. Nice, nice. So, okay, so let's let's talk your line. So, right from the beginning, you went with the Ultra line. You start moving up into some different cans. And where you're expanding now, you've sort of fallen into the Magnus line of suppressors. So, just go over some of the, you know, little, maybe a little beginnings and, and some differences that took 
the Ultra into the Magnus? So, yeah, we had the Ultra 5, 7, and 9, you know, industry leading for a very long time. You know, they're 1.5-inch diameter suppressors. They each work for certain, you know, specific scenarios. Ultra 5 is for that, you know, ultra lightweight backcountry hunter. Um, they want a little bit more suppression. You know, our flagship suppressor has always been an Ultra 7, um, still is, um, for its size and weight. And then the Ultra 9, you know, to give you quite a bit more suppression. Um, those have been, you know, industry leading for a while now. Um, the, the Magnus that we released, I think it was two years ago. Um, I think I shot a match with you and Chris Way, and I had that shooting on a, I think I was using a 6.5 Creator or a 6 Dasher or something, and I remember you guys were asking about it um, just for how quiet it was. So that suppressor, since we released it, just because it's so quiet and the performance is so good, um, and the fact you could run it on like a 14.5, 300 PRC, um, it's a really durable, um, all 100% titanium. This line's still titanium like our Ultra Series. has a little bit larger diameter, 1.8 inches. Um, and we, you know, it's been a top seller for us. So, you know, Curtis decided to, you know, I think you go to a match now, you see a lot of people with brakes, right? Everyone's using some kind of muscle brake to, to get the most recoil reduction so they could spot hits on plate. So that like, for yeah. me, I, I got TBI, Curtis studied TBIs, uh, when he was in college. So uh, I definitely do not like getting blasted. Um, even if it's someone else's, I usually set my tripod way off the firing line. Um, and shooting for me is fun. Yes, I compete on a professional level, but ultimately it's fun for me. It's funner for me to shoot suppressed and I'm not as taxed. So, you know, Curtis made a prototype like, hey, let's put a break on the end of it and let's see if we can, you know, get some really good suppression and recoil reduction. And after testing it, you know, for the majority of this last year, um, we really, uh, I think, clipped onto something and have data to really back it up. Well, and this ties in with your 50 cal project too. Because I mean, that's just been going around the block. I think I ran into you guys with the 50 at least three times in the last year. Uh, you know, just where where you'd been out at various places, um, just testing it. And so the, the the recoil reduction you guys are getting is amazing. I mean. If for people listening, everybody knows I'm small. I'm a little guy, not not much mass behind me. I weigh 125 pounds, and I, you know, after the second shot, I'm now I, I I saw the recoil, and I'm able to spot my impact at 500 yards at that uh, Precision Rifle Expo with a 50 cal off a tripod. Yeah, you're shooting it off off a tripod and like a game changer. Like you weren't clipped in; you were on just an RS tripod with a game changer. And you're, you know, managing it better than anyone, which is, that's the whole idea of it, you know? Right. Yeah, and the, we, we really learned, we learned it was possible to get both suppression and recoil reduction with the 50 projects. You know, we went into that one, not, I, we cared about the suppression, but the recoil reduction was the focus of that project. Um, we're actually, we're also going to start officially taking orders on the 50s. Uh, day one of SHOT Show, they're in production, um, so they're ready. The The moment that we knew, or at least that I, I distinctly remember knowing that the 50 was good, was laying down prone behind a 50, 
and smoking clay pigeon after clay pigeon after clay pigeon on a 500-yard berm and watching every single impact hit. And then rolling off the rifle going, that was awesome. Give me another 10-round mag. I'm going to do another 10-round mag. Absolutely. So, no, it's a crazy yeah. story just how that thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to step there. There's a little delay. But, yeah, good. it's just nuts. Yeah, I shot a lot of 50 in the Army. Um and I actually never wanted to break out, though so I think it was an M107. Uh, I never wanted to shoot it because it was not fun to shoot. You were just kind of getting beat up, and then the concussion was beating you up, so I never wanted to shoot it. But now with the Ultra 50, um, just like the event in Texas and other events, I'm letting people shoot it, and I'm standing there all day for eight hours while people want to shoot it. And I can comfortably say, like, I'm not taxed from concussion like there's well i'm right next to it i'm right next to the locking collar of the can the whole time making sure people are safe and i'm it, it's just amazing how well uh it's reducing the concussion and blast i have a back in time story that goes to shane with you guys so shane from thunder beast there <laughs> who does a lot of work when when he was with the other guys and they had the 50 cal can and they used to put it in as a match stage at tac pro they had that big it was, it, what was it, almost six inches round? It was like four or five inches round. It was a big, crazy can. They used to put on the 50 all the time. And Bill Davison would always put it in the match as a side bet to shoot the AI-50 with the suppressor on it. The second time they did it, they did it the first year and I shot it. The second time they did it, I refused to shoot the stage. I'm like, no, that hurts. It, it doesn't feel good, you know? And, and now we're going back 12, 15 years ago. Don't get me wrong. I mean, stuff has changed. But 15 years ago, when I shot a 50 cal with a suppressor, it bothered me, and I refused to do it again. With your guys. Even I, now, Right. Even I mean, now, it's still the case, man. Like, the other 50 cans on the market, you have to choose between sound re mitigation or recoil reduction. No one has figured out how to do both. Yeah, and with you guys, I was like, give me another round. Give me another round. I want to see that again. Do that. Wait a minute. If this does this like this, and, and I'm throwing mags in and wasting your guys' ammo, and that's the kind of success you got out. And I take that into, like, especially because Curtis is there. I mean, you guys are engineers. You guys work stuff. You guys work the problem. You have all the equipment to solve this. I mean, there's people out there that understand the basics. If I have volume, I'm going to have this. You know, if my break is like that, I'm going to have this. But just like you said, putting the two things together, because just volume alone isn't going to do it. You had that with the 50 cal can that I shot 15 years ago. It was a ton of volume, you know. But now you, you look at the break technology, and, yeah, you can go to sort of the Barrett break where it was more break than suppressor. And stuff like that. But you guys really, really nailed it. Oh, we appreciate that. It's, the engineers put a ton of R&D and work on it. And I mean, I know people have probably been like, well, when it, we get emails all the time, like, when are you releasing it? When can I take orders? And I know it's been two and a half years. Year and a half. Year and a half of like strong R&D from the engineers, from Ray, Zach, Shane. Um, it's, it's taken a lot to like, because we don't want to put out a product that is, like, eh, you know, we want to make sure all the kinks are worked out. And, I mean, that's what – I mean, you got to shoot it a bunch in Texas. And I remember your reaction. You're like, holy 
I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And and again that now that rolls into your Magnus line. And and we really did. I remember you shooting the Magnus. We were at uh, Pawnee up there and it it's it is that volume with it. It's also to me in my mind is the changes you guys make and maybe this is another direction you want to talk a little bit because this was a giant change for you. Is like your locking collar and the way you lock up to the rifle. It has gone beyond just your, I mean, you guys were sort of industry leaders with that, with the way your brake shouldered to the suppressor, you, um, it, you know, the angle on the brake, the bevel, I guess, is the easy way to say it. But, you know, you then switched based on what the government's asking is, you know, I don't want gas leak. I don't want this. I don't want that. I have to lock in. So wasn't the Magnus or was it the Dominus or both of them that sort of helped? Uh, with the locking collar part? Uh, it's kind of both. So we, every QD on the market, you know, and, and if you guys have cans at home and you have a QD system, install the QD system and see if you can get that can to break loose or wiggle. If it does that, it's not good for precision rifle. So we're precision rifle guys. If we can't go shoot long distance with it, it doesn't, it's not interesting to us. We don't care about it. So we developed a QD mount for that purpose. Um, it took us five years <laughs> to develop the SR mount. Um, and we had a ton of mounts along the way that were as good as everything or better than what was on the market, but they weren't good enough for us to put our name on it. The SR mount, to my knowledge, is the only one that has the same accuracy and repeatability as our CB brakes or as a, a direct thread can. Um, and that doesn't exist anywhere else. To have a, a mounting system that you can do surge cycles and mag dumps and run free gun with, and then take it off that rifle and put it on a precision rifle and go bang steel at a mile, that's that's very unique in the marketplace. Um, and it's it's not an easy mount to manufacture, um, so there is a premium price tag with it, unfortunately. But that's just kind of part of the game. Um, if you if you want the best, it's gonna it's gonna cost a little bit more, um, and that's. We're using that same mounting technology. We're calling it the BSR for big SR on the 50. Um, we're not going to offer that as a direct threat. It's going to be only that secondary retention mount. Um, so we know that it will never come loose. Um, when we finished up prototyping that original SR mount, um, we gave an AI rifle with a can with the SR mount onto it to a group of five Delta guys. And Ray said, break the can off the shoulder. And those guys grabbed that rifle and that can, and they all tried to break the can off of the shoulder of the brake, and they actually broke the barrel off of the action. And then Ray walked over and threw the collar, and the, the can unscrewed. So when that secondary retention, when you throw that SR collar, that can is locked on there, and it's not moving until you unlock it intentionally. Um, and that's, that's going to be available... That SR is available on every one of the, the new Magnus cans that we're releasing. So you'll be able to order them in SR or CB um, or Hub. Um, so I don't know, if Sam, if you want to get into talking about the different lengths that we're kind of expanding the Magnus to. Yeah, so that one I shot with you, Frank, at Pawnee, that was the 9-inch. Um, and that one has been, you know, I've been using it a lot at a lot of uh, two-day matches. I'm a match director, and I, you know, shoot it for all the local matches around here, and it's been great. Um, 
when we started doing this brake can, I was part of like, ah, oh, but I really like the Magnus. I don't know if I'm going to get rid of it. And then they gave me a Mag S RR, which is going to be the 8.4 inch length that has the brake. Um, after shooting it immediately, I was like, whoa, there is some serious recoil reduction here. Um, you know, I got to shoot it at a, a bunch of two days for 2023 and gauged a lot of interest and, um, you know, got yelled at by, by Ray for um, turning the other way while someone took a picture at the Hornady PRC uh-huh. in the summer, um, which that gauged a ton of interest and people were like, well, I'm really curious about that. And then, you know, our engineering team, Curtis and Sutherland, really went to town for so we could provide data. Like, yeah, we could say that recoil – recoil reduction is there, but like if we don't have data to show that, so they built a sled um, to basically, you know, we have data points on this chart that we'll have at SHOT Show, so you can see the actual recoil reduction um, with the brake can. Um, primarily, I've been shooting it on like 6.5 Creed and 6 Dasher, and I really like the Mag S and the Mag KRR. Um, you know, adding the brake, of course, you're going to lose a little bit of suppression, but since we have such a good base suppressor, um, you'll be pleasantly surprised on how well it still suppresses while, you know, having all the benefits of a muzzle brake. And real quick question on that, Sam, because you, I only shot it at the expo with the brakes like that. Now, don't get me wrong. I've been around a, like what some people consider brake type end caps for suppressors. There's different models out there that some do something, some don't. But mm-hmm. do you find because it's coming through the suppressor, because of the way the suppressor is designed and the way it sort of pushes it out a little further, do you have to find that it's not killing everybody to your sides, that it's actually a weight not pointing at them? The yeah, brake-wise. Yeah, so you're talking about, like, in the spotter position, um, this is the, like, specifically the Magnus S. It's going to be really comfortable for anybody in the spotter position with foam earplugs in. Um, the only one that I've ever noticed in that position that I was in my, I, I call it, it's a little punchy. Um, when we shot the Magnus K, which is the five and a half inch version, um, on 300 wind mag or 300 PRC, that one's still a little punchy at the shooter at the spotter position. Okay. Um, but it's still suppressing it down very well for its size, you know, like, the shooter's ear numbers on the RR are still, they're just, they're in that 140, that mid 140 range on 300 wind mag. Um, so it's suppressing well, but it's not down toward, I would say it's super comfortable. It's still um, a wind mag. It's still a wind mag, right? Um, so like, and that's, that's kind of what drove us to do three different lengths. So like everyone's familiar with the ultra five, seven and nine. Just think of this expansion as, we've taken the Magnus and the nine inch and we're basically adding the seven and the five options. So you've got that Magnus S is going to be the most popular length all around. Um, and it's going to be the do it all. If you're going to the bigger Magnums or like a 300 Norma or something, you might look at the, the nine inch with the brake on it. If you're doing the six dashers or two, two, three, and you just are doing PRS, then maybe look at the K. Um, but the Magnus S is kind of like that Goldilocks in between. Um, and as we started compiling this data and looking at it, that kind of drove home that we needed to do all three lengths for our customers so that they could get exactly what they needed. Um, but the biggest takeaway from this is 
You no longer have to choose between a muzzle brake that's going to beat the crap out of your brain or a suppressor. You can now have both. Right. And, and everybody, everybody knows kind of, or can gauge like an ultra seven on a 300 wind mag is it's fairly comfortable to shoot. Um, so the data that we have, we did gross recoil energy reduction. So the overall energy of the system. Now that ultra seven, it's only reducing 8% of the recoil energy, but it's changing it, you know, rather than that punch, it's changing it to that push. The Magnus SRR is dropping 65% recoil reduction on the same rifle. So you're going, if you can imagine, like if you've shot an Ultra 7, you're going from 8 to 65% recoil reduction in a, in a package that at mil spec, it suppresses better. So we're, we really did find like some really cool tech with the Ultra 50 and we're able to apply it and scale it down to a 1.8 can um, to something that really doesn't exist in the market. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I just remember, like, you know, we both work with Mile High, um, you know, really deep and all that, and I'm doing the classes with them, and, and Mike Menchak is there working and bringing people out every month for our classes. And when your uh, the 338 first came out, um, the SR and the, uh, we had a student come out and he took our class and when he put that together and w- those are nine inch, aren't they? The 338 can uh, that you were doing on the, um, on the package, on the ASR package. Uh, they're 10, four, 10, four. Okay. That can everybody froze and came around it because it was ear safe in a 338. With all of us standing around it and watching this guy shoot, and it was just jaws on the ground on how quiet you guys can make a Magnum. So, Frank, now you can get that same can with an RR brake on the front of it. Man. We're doing it in 338 also. So now you're going to go from the base 338 Ultra has just over 30% recoil reduction on the Pua to almost 55% reduction. So you're going to get, it's going to be a little bit louder, right? The brake is going to push a little bit of sound back at the shooter. Um, that's just physics of us redirecting that gas. But now it's going to make that Lapua even more pleasant to shoot because of the recoil reduction. Man, you guys just nail it. I, I, I mean, I know we've talked a little bit, talking brake, talking recoil with the sled you guys have and all that. And it just seems like, the work you did with meters, because you didn't you work with the meter companies to do things a little different, and then you paired the sleds and the recoil management. So I I know you don't want to like maybe spill secrets, but just let people know out there that like you paired with other technology companies just to get these numbers and to have better numbers. However you did it, explain it. Yeah, so we. Um Everybody used the 2209s forever to, to do sound recording and to, to get data. Um, and that was made by a company called B&K. They're out of Denmark. Um, those systems actually were, the components were stopped. They stopped producing them in the 60s and they stopped assembling them. Like 1978 was the last time one was assembled in the factory. Um, and those were the tried and true, like trusted. And B&K, decided to do a revamp and do a digital system called the Pulse. It's a Lanx I system. Um, And when they decided to bring it to the U.S., they contacted us and asked if we would 
give them feedback on it. So we got one of the first systems when it came in. Um, and what we realized very quickly was the 2209s were not giving accurate data just because they're so old. You know, we opened ours up and looked at the components and, you know, 30 years of 30, 40 years of field use, they were starting to corrode and weren't, weren't giving us the data we thought was true. Um, and what the, the B&K system has allowed us to do is now we don't just look at peak. You know, we're doing a full energy metric. We're, we're looking at every part of that suppressor and how it's performing and able to extract um, so much more data that's helped us develop better products. Um, because, and then at the, end of the, at the end of the day, we also trust the data. You know, we don't go out and test, you know, prototypes one, two, and three. And, you know, the 2209 could have told us that prototype two was better when prototype three was actually better. And we ended up chasing our tail going down rabbit hole number two. Yep. Um, but I, the, the biggest thing is we're trying to, we're trying to figure out how to give that data to the public also. Um, and you see that with the, this data drop or with this product release, we have a link that has all of the data um, for all of these new products on 300 WinMag, 308, 600 Creedmoor, and 556. And we're not just giving you the peak data, we're giving you uh, the impulse, we're giving uh, LEQ10, which is a running energy equivalent average, um, and we're giving it to you at all three mic locations and waveforms. So if, you, if someone wants to deep dive into the data, we're, we're making it open source. Nice. Um, that kind of spurred from, we hosted a, an industry event, the silencer summer over the summer. Um, and we compiled the largest amount of suppressor data that exists. And we did it in three days. we shot over 180 combinations of suppressor and rifles. Um, and we did the same thing. We posted it open source so everybody can have that data. Anybody can go in and look at it and do their own analysis or deep dive into it. Um, I think the industry for a long time has lagged on data of one, getting good consistent data, but also sharing all that data with the public. Um, and that's something we're trying to change. And well, we want to yeah, change no, and, and that's, that's a big point because, I mean, you go back years, and you know I've been playing in the suppressor game for a while, and always was the contention of whose numbers, what numbers, why numbers, <laughs> and, and, right? I mean, that was always the argument. Well, you did it this way. The military wants you to do it this way. You know, play it. And, and I've been there with you guys, you know, with the tape measure, setting up all the stuff. But you would always still see, and I'm not saying like you guys, but I'm just saying in the industry, even though when you look at all the effort everyone kind of put into getting a number, it seemed wildly inconsistent to me. And it would almost make sense what you were saying is that you were seeing variations in older equipment. And because you don't see under the hood, so to speak, and then from there, you have the people who did want to play games with numbers, with data. That's proprietary. That's mine. If I tell you what that is, you'll be able to figure out, you know, I drilled a hole in the middle of my baffle stack at 10 o'clock and I put another one at 4 o'clock. You know, you know, silly stuff like that. But today, because of those sleds, because of these new meters, like you're saying, the information's there the question now becomes how are we disseminating it to the people and can the people read it correctly, I guess becomes the issue. 
What's up, Frank? It's Ray. I just walked in the room. Hey, Ray. What's going on? We're going to see you on Monday. Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> but, right? Does that make yeah, sense you, to you guys? Did you, did you guys kind of see that as well? Because you're the insiders. <laughs> did it sort of become, like you said, that little bit of a light bulb moment when you opened the hood and saw, hey, this might be a reason why we're seeing an inconsistency in the number? Yeah. <laughs> When we opened up that first 2209 and looked at how corroded it was, um, I, we actually found a guy in Romania that is remanufacturing all the components. We bought another 2209 that was also smoked, and we sent it to him and had him rebuild it. Um, and then when it came back, it worked completely different. And that was about the same time that we started working with BNK on the pulse system. Um, and one of their... One of their top engineers went and pulled. They had 10 of them in cold storage that were brand new. And even just sitting in cold storage, only one out of the 10 provided accurate data in their lab. Yeah. So that was the light bulb of, okay, we need a, we need a different way. And that's, that's when the pull system really became valuable to us. Uh, like I said, you guys go in, 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 like I said, we weave in and out with each other. I see you here. I see you there. And just seeing the attention to detail, the use of technology from your welds to the machines and all that, and the way you're sort of, I don't want to say driving the industry because, like, there's other things that are driving your industry right now, the 3D printing stuff and things like that. But the success you're getting, to me, is the difference. I mean, we can talk innovation and doing things, and you can say, I can 3D print this suppressor and it's going to do this, that, and the other thing, just like maybe a suppressor did 12 years ago. But you guys are getting more out of what would essentially be the same technology everybody's using. And it's not necessarily, well, maybe, and I don't want to go there, but it's not so much internal as much, and it is, but it's just the way you're using your equipment. guess that was a, a lot of saying of of that you guys are using your equipment to take what is simplistic yeah to, well because it's it's kind of simplistic technology even though it's not because it's sound and wave motion we don't see but it, it's 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 a tube with the stack inside it's it's not like there's some kind of electronic widget changing the sound you know how do you know Maybe we're squeezing some stuff in there, Frank. Yo, you, you do, yeah. <laughs> my car does it. I have a, I have a key fob for my exhaust. I can hit my exhaust and open it or close it. So maybe you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we're just we're all such data nerds that I think we just really are able to track the data and just follow the data to help development. I, I, I think it really is just that simple. And then also, you know the. Ray, Zach, and Shane, the three owners, they're they're very patient with us on development. They know that it takes time to get a good product. And they'll say, this is what we want. When you have it, let us know. So having owners that are patient and willing to wait and put the time into R&D is, is a big thing, too. Hey, you there, Frank? Yep. Sorry, I was there. I, I was muting myself to sound. I said I was going to say, I bet Ray over there has more time in his house or in hotels than he does in his own house. 
he's all over the country everywhere. He's har- never home. Yeah. yeah, and then when he is home, he's up here with us doing R&D stuff. Always. When do you not see a Ray video of him out shooting something? Yep. He just came back today. He was at the range today testing. So it's, it's every day. It, and it, yeah, he, it was, what, 13 degrees out this morning when he left, I bet? Oh, it's nice today. It's 25. Oh, okay, good. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, very nice. I'll see, you, I'll see you Tuesday, Frank. Yeah, Tuesday, Ray. I'll talk to you then. You good. You guys be good. Good luck with the kids. But yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So it, it's... In a way, it's there, there's it's a mindset for the Thunder Beast company, and it's paid off with the successes in the product. Uh, you know, you don't see the 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 struggle. I mean, you do, you you work, but from the consumer side, it's like you get the can, it works. And I see it from like for me, if I like, especially Mark. You know, Mark up in Alaska, he sells your your product. We have fully suppressed lines all the time up there uh, and from a wide variety of companies. And every now and then, we're damage controlling why this gun won't shoot for any of us. And it comes to moving parts in the suppressor. It comes to just weirdness that somebody wants to do to separate themselves. And when you eliminate that variable, that's the problem. And so there's ways of getting creative in production and building things, but the the end result isn't always what's desired. And I find that we never have that damage control, that loss of accuracy. Like you said, you're precision rifle guys when it comes to somebody showing up with a Thunder Beast on their rifle. And I want a fully suppressed line. I'm going to have a much better three-day class if everybody on my line is suppressed. Yeah, I agree. I, I typically do, even at my match I run here in Cheyenne, I'll run a suppressed only match, you know, once or twice a year. Um, it's just easier, especially from like a training standpoint is you don't have to worry about someone has electronics that are not working. People have double ears, like people can have foamies, be able to shoot comfortably and communicate and be able to get better training is Right. kind of what I've learned multiple classes. And, and like, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of really good suppressors out there in the world. I'm not saying, but I like the consistency. I like the technology. I like the way the Thunder Beast works. I run a whole bunch of suppressors. You know what I mean? I don't just one run brand. I have ones that do different things. But it's like you, you, you can't just go and close your eyes and point to a shelf and say, give me that. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, I think that comes down to just our, you know, we're so focused in that competition, long-range shooting. It's just so ingrained in us as a company that we just won't allow it to change. You know, right, our QC right. process is, you know, we QC every single can. Every single product that leaves us gets multiple QC patterns from multiple people. Um, and I'm not going to say that over the years we have, you know, we haven't had issues, um, but we have significantly less issues than what we see. Oh, what was that? That was weird. Hold on a second. Something just my, oh, there you it's go. You're back. <laughs> my, it looked like my yep. wire was getting weird for a second. I went, wait a minute. My wire just dropped. 
Um, you're there. Um, no, and and you're right. And it's 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 about the minimization. It's about that customization, or not customization, but that that consistency is the word I'm looking for. It it's become a, a where you know this is a no brainer. You know, when somebody asks me. Because I, I get the questions on the hide all the time. Hey, I'm looking at getting, you know, the Thunderbeast this. And it, it, the answer is always you're never going to go wrong with any one of the Thunderbeasts you want. You know, they may say this one versus that one, and that becomes a personal choice. And you may say, well, that one's, you know, that one's the Magnus. It's got more volume than that Ultra 5 is going to have. So that's going to be a quieter. You're going to like that better. That might be the argument, but it's always you're never going to go wrong with that decision is, is 99% of the time my answer to someone. Yeah. Um, like Curtis was saying with the QC process that got me thinking is like the majority of the people that work here are long range shooters that are into reloading into like having a accurate, you know, bolt rifle system. Um, so everyone is thinking like none of us want to receive a product that's going to make us have, accuracy problems Mm -hmm. so having that across the board everyone like enjoys what they do so they want to make you know great products right and that was yeah i was gonna say that's a zach thing right sorry we're stepping on each other but yeah that's like a zach thing zach was always that focus on accuracy zach had those articles when he had his blog and all that that was even the six five by 47 when he talked accuracy of that caliber so for him, that was a huge focus was the accuracy part of things. And um, it carries over. He's You've never lost it. Yeah. Yeah. We still make accurate suppressors just like the new RR line. You know, I've been – I've put probably a couple thousand rounds through the same suppressor, um, you know, and bringing feedback to the engineers and we tweak it a little bit or like, oh, this works great. Like, let's keep building on this and – you know, we, right. I just, I, I felt pretty honored to be a little bit a part of the R and D on this and be able to test it a lot. Um, for one, I don't like, I don't like sounding like a salesman, but like when something works really, really well, it's really, really easy for me to tell other people that it works great. Um, and so that's what I've got to experience, you know, firsthand, um, with like this new line. So it still is carrying the same pedigree of, you know, what Thunder Beast was founded on. For sure, and and you know what? In a weird way, you don't want to sound like a salesman, but the the technology and the way you incorporate it requires you to talk about it, because that's what someone yeah. wants to know. Yeah. So the biggest the biggest thing that I've seen, and everybody that shoots matches, start keeping track of when you drop shots. Start keeping track of when you when you make mental errors. Um, and the shooters that we interviewed and talked to, almost everybody said it happens at the end of the match or it happens day two. Um, and that's, that's because you're mentally taxed. And part of that is um, you, you're subjecting yourself shooting these matches with those big breaks. You're subjecting yourself to pressure waves that can have adverse effects on your cognitive abilities in the short term, right? You're getting, I mean, slapped across the face with a wet towel 200 times in a match by these giant breaks that are amazing at reducing recoil. But the side effect, the trade-off for that is they're really loud. Um, So when I was doing TBI research, kind of our rule of thumb was if you can feel it on your chest, it's affecting your brain. So what 
what this product line or what the RR part of it, part of the drive for it was, you're going to be sharper on day two. You know, you're not going to be down 30 IQ points, making mental errors and dropping points. You look at the PRS game right now and the level of shooters in the last 10 years that have developed has been astonishing. When you look at one shot, dropping one shot can make the difference between you finishing in the top 10 and you being in the, and down in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's crazy how good people have gotten. And part of it is the equipment's gotten better, but I really think that part of it is just shooters have just developed to be fantastic. So any slight advantage you can get, it's going to be worth it. And that's what we wanted. I, when, when I made that first prototype, when Sullivan and I cranked it out, we finished it on a Friday at like 5.30. Sam and I shot a match with it the next morning at 8 a.m. And it was like literally the first round through that can was at a match. Nice. And it was like my first shot, I was just like, this is awesome. Like this, this is going to be fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a competitive person by nature and it, it does irk me a little bit when we go to matches and there's not everyone running suppressed because my competitive side is like, I need to develop a product or we need to develop a product to take this back over. I, I want to go to matches and see Thunderbeast dominant on rifle, not because every, you know I want everybody force everybody to do it, but because we're making a product that's good enough that the majority of shooters see the advantage to it. And I think I think the Magnus SRR and I think the Magnus KRR will be those products. Nice. I mean, and that's just huge. The competition side and that mental mistake, Sam. For guys, as part of the WICO League here, uh, the Wyoming-Colorado League. So huge matches, really good stuff. They put on a great show and all that. And, you know, we do some of the train-up stuff with Chris and everything down here with Chris Way at the Fort Morgan Range. And we work the mental mistakes. We'll, we'll increase the stage on some of the guys, like, example, Ryan we've worked with and things like that. We'll increase... Like the targets, you know, shoot three. Okay, now shoot five. Now shoot eight until they make a mistake. And we'll push mental mistakes. And we find that's one of the biggest things that takes somebody off task a little bit is just that small mental mistake. And, and like you said, one round, you're in the 25s now. And it, it's just anything to help that is only going to change the scores and make things even better for people. Because if you take out that mental mistake part of it, people are just going to go to the next level. Yeah. Um, like you're saying about the points thing, I shot the PRS finale this uh, for the 2023 season. And after day one, I was in a, like a 25 to 30 way tie. And then the person that had one more point than me, all everyone that was in that same scoring was in a 25 to 30 person tie. Um, so, you know, it's really close. Um, like you're saying, and like testing the mental mistakes and everything like that, I make plenty of mental mistakes um, all the time, but I also, you know, hosting a match, I, I tend to catch up on it. A lot of it is towards the end of the match um, is when I see people like they're, they're clean through stages, their stages one through five. And then they drop a point here or there on six, and then they're getting to the last two stages. And, you know, that's when their mental mistakes happen, um, which could be a variety of reasons. But, I mean, 
getting blasted with concussion from a break can definitely be one of those. Um, you know, I shot muzzle brakes for, for a long time and with the suppressor, I feel like I can con concentrate on fundamentals um, 10, 10 out of 10 times. And then if you give me a break, you know, I'm pretty confident I'll only break eight out of those 10 pretty consistently. Right. No, it makes so much sense. I mean, you guys have just been next leveling it, next leveling it. And, and with the reduced recoil, your RR, like I shot it in Texas, super impressed with it across the board. Well, now you guys are, you're saying for the 50 cal and stuff, you're going to be taking orders at SHOT Show. And I'm sure there's the, the dealer network out there in, in that they can get a hold of you. I mean, Mile High has just got a, a, a giant rack full of your suppressors there. So somebody who, who's looking to get one ASAP, Mile High is probably the best place to get it. But um, what's like the process for them or where is that going to kind of play? Um, yeah, we, uh, mile high has been awesome about stocking all our products. Um, we'll start taking orders on the whole new Magnus line and the 50 cal suppressor, uh, 9am on Tuesday on the 23rd. Even if there's dealers that are not going to be there, they can send us an email and they can get their order in too. Um, we're trying to make it impartial and be as fair as we can. Um, you know, we, it's typically just the timestamp. Yeah. Yep. So we just put the timestamp. Yep. Orders get put in the system. You know, if you're a small dealer and you order a minute ahead of, you know, a big distributor, you're going to get your cans before that distributor gets their cans. Um, our orders are fulfilled first come first serve. Um, and you know, we love our distributors. We love mile high. Um, but we also really like our small dealers that, you know, order onesie twosies throughout the year. Um, so, yeah, and that you, was Mark you, in Alaska. Yeah, Mark in Alaska is a perfect example of that. Yeah, I think I actually just talked to him this week, which is kind of funny. Um, one, one more thing I wanted to add about this RR series that was like a pretty important fact that I even forget just because I've been using it so long is that break on the end is timeable. It's like a self-timing break. So you get, the, you get the suppressor tightened on, and you can orient that break however you want it. And it has a lock ring. We'll have a wrench included and you'll be able to get it secured nice and tight. Um, I, yep, you showed me that in Texas. I remember you showing me how the brake timed, um, and it was okay. very simplistic. Yeah, yeah super easy. Um, super easy to time. Like the, the brake that you used, it didn't have flats on it. Um, are these mo The production models that are going to have a flat, if someone for some reason wants to put a level on it and make it perfect, they have an opportunity to do so. Okay. Yeah, why not, right? Yeah, ground blast was a big consideration for the development of both the RR line and the 50, um, just because we do have people using these professionally, um, where signature is, is a big part of it. Um, and also, even on a PRS stage, if you're kicking up dirt, you're, you're ruining the visual for your follow-up shots. Um, so one of the tests that we did is we literally took, like, talcum powder dirt, and we made a mound underneath the suppressor on, on the line, uh, and laid down prone and started taking shots. Um, and we didn't have any adverse visual, you know, the, the gas at the, the end of the suppressor is seen is different than what comes out of the muzzle, different pressure velocity characteristics. Um, so we were able to really manipulate that gas to, to pull more energy out of it, but then also direct it to where it doesn't affect the ground blast. Nice. Yeah, you guys, like I said, you guys are thinking about that. And then 
it does lead to your clientele, like you said, because you do work with professional guys all the time, and 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 that becomes requirements for them and things. Even the the, the um the locking ring, you know, the SR lock and all that stuff, kind of plays into their their roles. But yeah, it's I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see you guys uh, Tuesday. I mean, I don't know what else you. It's we're almost sitting on 50 minutes here. What else you guys got? Um, we talked about the general details. We're going to have a big poster. It's on our website that has all the data for each suppressor of our new Magnus line. Um, it's super interesting. It's super easy to read multiple calibers. So you can see the different DB numbers from like a Magnus RR to a Magnus SRR, even our original, you know, ultra nine, seven, ultra nine, seven and five, um, which is pretty cool. Um, like I said, We've already got quite a few inquiries about people wanting to order, and January 23rd at 9 a.m., we're going to be ready to start taking orders on these. Nice. Now, not to get too crazy with it, I don't want to get too deep down the rabbit hole, but with the numbers and the way you're doing anything, is is part of that because of the proprietary numbers that are coming out recently, and and that's sort of a paid-for service? Is it easier just to say, hey, these are our numbers, or do you still use the paid-for service so you're in their system. No, we don't. We don't do the paid for service. Um, we we believe that the testing that we get is as transparent as it can be. Um, you know, we we sh- I feel like we've done a very good job of trying to educate our customer base um, how we test, why we test, and at the same time show that we you know we're not we're not pulling a rabbit out of the hat. We're we're showing exactly how we're getting our data um, and. We've been, we're trying to be as open as we can, you know, and right. if, if a customer has data that they want, you know, like we've seen the request come out because we, we released this poster on Monday um, and we've had customers call and email and say, Hey, can I get data with this? And we have a, we have a, a testing board. And when that, when a customer asks for something, we put it on the board and we'll go out and we'll get that data. There you go. Um, so uh, testing, the testing with suppressors, it isn't complicated. Um, it's technical, um, and it, it can be difficult to get good, repeatable data. Um, but the data that we get, um, we are um, able to get it to, to have good, solid, repeatable data. Um, you know, like, from my background perspective, this is three mics. The testing I used to do, we used to do 30 to 40 channels testing at a megahertz. Um, so... When I stepped into the, the suppressor world and I saw how complicated people were making the data and how just inconsistent it was, I was I was very kind of shocked and just like, guys, this isn't difficult. Like, you know, three mics at two two fifty six is is kind of kind of child's play, to be honest with you. Um, and we Thunderbeast will continue to be a driving force to get the industry to provide better data to the customer base. Yeah, and I know... Even if, even if the data doesn't say that we're the best, we truly believe that the data should be honest and open and transparent. Because if someone develops a better suppressor than us, awesome. Then we can develop a better suppressor than them. Good, solid, transparent, easy to understand data will drive the industry to create better products for the customers. 
For sure. And I didn't want to get too deep into that, but I know it's an issue in the suppressor industry and especially in the internet world with, you know, who's, whose number did what and how and where did you get it and where did this widget number come from that made this number bigger than that number. But I didn't want to get too deep and, and start calling names out or nothing, but I know it's out there for your industry and I didn't know sort of your mindset behind it, but I knew you were always uh, forward thinking in data. Yeah. And the, the answer that I have for all the consumer bases that, you know, all the customers out there that are frustrated, we're frustrated too. You know, we, we are, uh, and we understand. Um, and the, it's just going to take time. So over time, the industry will develop into having better data. It's, it's just going to take patience. Um, and it's going to take a few companies, you know, uh, hopefully we can be one of those companies um, that will push everyone else to, you know, just kind of come in and toe the line and start, start being better to the customer base. Yeah, perfect. And and that's all. I, I mean, I, I know it's an issue in, in numbers and you guys are super transparent, put it up. And like you said, posters and everything out for, for people to see. But there is dueling numbers out there. So you have to be aware of it. And, and it's just the industry hasn't settled on, a, I guess, a format. Yep, it'll just take time, Frank. Yep, yep, I get it. But no, I like I said, a huge fan of the Thunder Beast um, product, all of them. I mean, we, we're always playing with them, running them, putting them back and forth. I, matter of fact, I think I need more brakes because I've changed barrels again and i got to swap brakes again. But uh, <laughs> I just need to uh, just get one free trifle and call it good. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what you need. Yeah, you just need just, – just listen. Suppressed is civilized. Don't worry about it. Once one's in the queue – your once one clears from the queue, just put another one in the queue, and then when that one clears, just put another one in the queue, and 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 eventually you'll have them all for something. And the way they're they're a little slow right now, so you'll have plenty of time to save up for the next one while you're waiting for this one in the queue. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> yeah, it's. You know, super inconsistent. I've gotten one back in six months, another one a year, another one 13 months, and another one in six months. So right. I can't tell you how happy I am when it's six months. Uh, it's like a, it's like two Christmases. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm the guy that everybody hates because every single Form 4 I've ever filed has been six months. And, yeah. and then it was funny, too, because when they did the electronic, I went in and, and it was like, hey, how's the electronic? It's going on. And Randy's like, oh, this one cleared in three months. And I'm like, sign me up. And, and that lasted like a week. <laughs> and then it went from his three-month one to a year. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So awesome, guys. Give them the plug. Give them the thing. We're going to be at SHOT Show Tuesday. We'll be there all week. Uh, the booth number will be easier. Just look up Thunder Beast and to give a – Two seven five six out. You know, I, I don't think your booth number will help in the podcast. But uh, anything else you have, we're, drop it. Yeah, we're next to we're right next to Mile High, in between Mile High and Zero Compromise, so it's pretty easy for us to find. Um, you know, if you see us there, come chat with us. Come check out our new cans. Um, I think everyone's going to be um, really surprised at the data, and also wanting one of these. Just as I'm already trying to get one of each each model right now. 
There you go. And um, when's the Wyco League start up, or is it already going with the just doing winter stuff? Um, just due to the weather that we get, I think we're going to kick off in March. Okay. Uh, which there's been some a couple changes. Um, you, I, I think I saw you had a you got a chat with Ken Wheeler, the new PRS director, correct? Barely. I, I talked to him. Oh, yeah, you guys are part of that. I talked to him a little bit just to kind of say, hey, you're good, I'm good, and that was it. Um, that was as far as I got with him. Yeah, uh, man, Ken is just an awesome dude, and he uh, he inspired Wyco. So Wyco and WPR, you know, they're kind of like sister-brother leagues, and he talked to me. Uh, I'll be doing a couple PRS regionals, so that way people can get points if they want to, but now Wyco and WPR are – are kind of working together to have, um, you know, mm-hmm. kind and of I, like a, a joint league, I guess you could say. Pete Knipe runs a fantastic um, league up there in northern Wyoming, Montana, Idaho. Um, and my match in Cheyenne is going to be part of that, which is really awesome. Um, I, I think this year will be um, pretty awesome because if you shoot my match, it's going to count for WICO points and WPR. Um, I know there's probably some controversy upon that but like everyone wants that so that way it's just a number what does it matter exactly so ultimately that means people shooting they'll get to shoot the wpr finale and the wyco finale um for those that like the one day events i I think those are really big because not a lot of people have time to invest for first like the money the the travel. I mean, in a uh, way, it almost yeah. makes sense, Sam, to turn around. If I come up to your match, and if I said, and just hypothetically, if I came up to you and said, I'm a WICO member and a PRS member and a shoot your match, why couldn't my points go to both in a way? Because yeah. it's the same thing. And it's the one in my location. Why does it have to be sort of affiliated? I, it, yeah, you have to kind of get the golden handshake. But um, it, it makes sense to service the people in the area and to say if this league is in your area, but then, like you said, instead of having to go to, you know, Tennessee to get a PRS number, why couldn't you get it here? Exactly. So, so Cheyenne is open to, to all of them. So for anyone that, like, you know, we have people that wanted to stay with WICO, that's great, but there's a lot of WPR members that – are closer to Cheyenne or they come through and like, I really want to shoot that match. And well, I just want to make everyone be able to get points for whatever league they're a part of. Sure. Um, even, you know, for me, I'm a part of all of them. Um, and there's a lot that are, so I just want to make it more open, um, you know, for people to be a part of each league. Right. And I did notice like on the Ken Wheeler side that, this year, like I, you know, since the first of the year, I noticed he's starting to trickle out media, which the other guy never did. And um, so there were video popped. He changed the skill stage from four to five in the two target. And so I see positive movement thanks to Ken, you know. So it is what it is uh, as far as that side of the, the country goes. Yeah. I, I mean, if you get a chat with him at SHOT Show, I mean, he's, super pleasant to be around, super open um, to anything. And I just, I mean, he makes the time for every new shooter. And um, I mean, he wants that to, to grow the sport, but he doesn't want like to, uh, to absolve like our other little leagues, like WICO or WPR. He's like, no, I want you guys to grow. That's 
That's what he told me. Well, because how else are you going to recruit locally to bring it to the bigger stage if you eliminate the local? Yeah, I mean, like, the local matches is where all of us have started. Um, I mean, the one thing that you guys haven't talked about with the shooting league, Sam, is that a lot of these local matches, Sam, you included, have a loner rifle program, or if you don't have the equipment to come try this sport that we all love, those local matches reach out to them. A lot of times they'll have loaner equipment that you can step up and someone will kind of help you shoot a match. Yeah. For, for my match, I try to take on a new shooter every time I host a match and I have um, Tate Streeter from impact. He, you know, he got me in action. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a barrel spun up from Josh from PDA and, you know, all these awesome partners in the industry, like have really helped this. And then I just recently got a, so I'll basically have two options, right? A full custom like PRS build. And then Arrow decided to give me a Solus. Nice. Um, and then Arkin gave me a scope. So that's like the most affordable, really good option to get in the door and start shooting um, and able to actually compete. Like the, the rifle functions great. It's accurate. Um, yeah, I have one here. It's a it's, very good rifle. Yeah, it's, it's pretty It's pretty good. Um, so a new shooter that comes, like I mentor him the whole match. You know, the first match I ever shot, no one talked to me. Like everyone was kind of doing their own thing. And I had to like, you know, a lot of trial and error of figuring out my own gear that not saying it wasn't welcoming, like precision rifle shooting was, was opening, you know, to me, but, uh, having all the, the new shooters have someone mentor them, um, you know, I, I think I've gotten like 15, 20 new guys um, over the last couple of years that, that come to my match that shot my match first. And they're like, they keep coming back. And now they're venturing to other WICO matches, PRS regional matches, NRL Hunter, um, or like Steel Safari. Like, I want to have a, an event that like get, get some solid, good precision rifle like training. Then they could go venture out to what they want. If they want to do the sack. Team Safari, Steel Safari, NRL Hunter, PRS, whatever they want to do, I'm trying to facilitate that for them. Nice. Yeah, that's all good stuff, man. And and it's just get them shooting, you know, and that's what you want. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited for this year. And um, Josh Greer from Arkin, he, um, I, you know, I was going to charge for ammo this year for the loaner rifles, but he gave me 500 rounds of 6.5 Creed for the loaner rifle. So the next five people that shoot my match, like their ammo's covered. Nice. So all they got to do is pay a match fee, um, which is pretty awesome. That's perfect. Yeah, that's really good stuff. Cool. What else we got? Anything? I'm on the hour with you guys, just so you know. I don't know if you have your lunch break or. <laughs> oh, no, we're good. I, I, I think we kind of just, you know, did a good overview of the new stuff. Um, if anybody has questions or, you know, hey, what about this or this? Like, our customer service people are phenomenal. You know, give us a call. Someone will answer the phone. If someone doesn't answer the phone, leave a voicemail. Someone will call you back. Um, one of the, we're not only known for having phenomenal products, but our customer service is, you know, kind of one of the best in the industry as well. So if you have questions, if you need help, call or email. We want to help our shooters. We want to help our customers as much as we can. Awesome. Awesome. Appreciate you guys getting a hold of me and, and jumping on with this pre-shot and, and all that. Like I said, I'm leaving Monday uh, as well, so I'll be there Monday afternoon and uh, see you guys Tuesday. We'll be bouncing around. We'll be wandering like we usually do and, and just hitting up what we what we see. 
Okay. Well, we look forward to you stopping by. You know I will. Cool, cool, cool. All right, guys. So, Thunderbeast Arms, the new Magnus with your recoil-reducing brake, and several flavors there, six and a half, five, nine, right? Six, nine, yep. five, yep. two, and nine. Yeah, five, five, six, nine, and nine. Uh, the RR brake adds 1.5 inches. Um, they're available in CB, SR, and Hub in 30 cal, 338, and this year we will eventually add 375 flavors as well. Nice. There you go. Thank you for being on. Appreciate it. And yeah, I'm going to do, yep, I'll do the closeout music, guys. Just stay on the line, and we'll say bye after we, we kill off. Cool? Sounds great. Thanks, Frank. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper. If you're going to be at SHOT, if you see me wandering around, stop me, say hi. I might have some stickers and stuff on me uh, as well. I'll see all the guys at the booths and everything. Talk to you soon.